Bill Paxton was sure, sure the cops were going to stop him. Yeah, it was full. Not just a theatrical, at least. When I was growing up, there were Halloween things for kids that were legitimately scary. Hey, guys. Yeah, I got a really good movie. You got it. I'm going to get a sixer. I'm going to get a sixer. Hello. I'm Mike Butler. Hey, guys. I'm Mike Field. <laughs> and you're listening to the Forgotten Horror Podcast. That's right. For the month of October, Forgotten Cinema will be sinking their teeth into a horror movie every week. Each episode, we will highlight a horror movie that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, maybe audiences were too scared to see it in theaters, or the movie simply didn't catch on in its initial run. We'll break down all aspects of the movie, as well as discuss what we love or perhaps don't love about the movie. But we'll always suggest that you revisit the movie. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are available. The director in me wants to tell you to dial that back. <laughs> the actor in me wanted me to increase that, make it oh, more. Well, who's always right? <laughs> the director. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's up? Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I got a lady coming over. Maybe you got a, uh, got, you got a couple of sixer. I think I got a sixer. If you know what we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about the last entry into the Forgotten Horror uh, Month, no. right? Yeah, it's yeah. the last one. Uh, we're talking about Fright Night, the 2011 version of Fright Night, starring... Actually, should I even go to starring? Yeah, why not? Starring Colin Farrell as the vampire Jerry, Anton Yelchin as Charlie Brewster, Tony Collette as Jane Brewster, his mom. David Tennant as Peter Vincent, probably the best person in this movie. Uh, I'm going to say her name wrong. Imogene Poots. I think it's right? Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots as Amy. Christopher Mintz Place. Is that how you say it? McLovin. I, I wasn't going to insult him like that. <laughs> I was trying not to as Ed. Dave Franco in some small role as Mike, as Mark, excuse me. And uh, yeah, why is Lisa Loeb in this? Because I have her in here too. She plays Ed's mom. I was wondering the same thing. I was like, does she have a bigger part? I don't remember her. Yeah. In this. And then I mean, I'm okay with it. I, I mean, I don't mind Lisa Loeb. It just was like really like awkward. Like she, I'm like, oh, that's Lisa Loeb. Yeah. Uh, maybe she knows Marty Knoxon or something. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know why she's in this. But um, for those who don't know, I know I just ran through all the cast. Uh, Anton Elchin, you might know him. Know him. He recently passed away, I think, last year, two years ago, last year. I think three years ago now. Three years ago? Wow. All right. He's from the new Star Trek show and the movie Green Room, which actually so is Miss Poots. She was in Green Room. Oh, was she? Yeah, she oh, was. Oh, she was. Yeah. Colin Farrell, you might know from like the more recently Dumbo uh, in Bruges. I know he was in Saving Mr. Banks, right? Mrs. Banks? Saving... The one with, uh, yeah, Saving Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. Yeah, Banks, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony Collette from Hereditary, Sixth Sense. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you guys, everyone knows who all these people are. They're, they're pretty yeah. good actors. They're pretty big actors, yeah. yeah. So this uh, movie was released in 2011, August 19th, 2011. It uh, is a runtime of 106 minutes, rated R, has a budget of $30 million. It's... Opening weekend, it made 7.7, domestic 18, worldwide 41. So right off the bat, I mean, I think we know why it's forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, We're going to get into, uh, we'll obviously get into uh, some other things too. Directed by Craig Gillespie, who, uh, did you ever see Lars and the Real Girl? Yeah. He did that. You didn't like that? Really? It's okay. It's it's just just weird. I don't think it deserved the reaction of, yeah. Do oh, you, re- you really? Do you really like it? I don't think. I think it was better than what your reaction is. Well, I feel like you were looking for me to go. Oh yeah. Well, I, 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 I was looking for this. Hey, did you see Lars in the Real Girl? Yeah, it's not bad. I was looking for that. <laughs> all right. It's all I, right. He also did Hi Tanya, and he's doing the upcoming Cruella, starring Emma Stone. That's right. Writers uh, who wrote this basically wrote this was Marty Knoxon, who I know from. I know you know this from. T- yeah, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer right. TV. She did a lot of stuff like that. She's more recently has done uh, Sharp Objects and Dietland. She's also a consulting producer and, and a showrunner. She did actually, I think she did. She was a showrunner for a couple of seasons of Buffy as well. Yeah, and I think she was. She did some kind of executive producing role, or maybe even consulting role on Angel as well. I think I saw. Well, that makes sense. 
For those who think, wow, Fright Night sounds familiar, that's because it's from 1985 as well, uh, which was written and directed by Tom Holland. Uh, he is somebody who has written Cloak and Dagger, uh, the Stephen King movie Thinner. I like that. I like that. And the, uh, and the Stephen King movie The Langoliers. Did you like that one too? No. There you go. <laughs> uh, music by Ramin Dijwadi. Did I do that right? That I don't know. I like him. He did Iron Man. He did Iron Man. He does Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, he more recently did uh, the Jack Ryan series. That's on yep. Amazon. Uh, Pacific Rim, Clash of Titans. That's older. He's a very good composer. Absolutely. And uh, cinematography was done by Javier, and I'm going to butcher this, Aguirre Sarobi. I'm glad you're doing the right dances this week. I don't know why I keep <laughs> adding names that I don't. And I clearly can't say correctly. Uh, he's did more recently the Dora movie, The Dora and the Lost City of Gold, Goosebumps, the remake of Poltergeist, which we, as we know, Mike has never seen, and the Twilight series. Actually, two of the Twilight movies. I don't think all of them, but quite honestly, I've not seen any of them. So who cares? He also did Thor Ragnarok. Who cares? No, I'm just for people who <laughs> might have seen more movies. That's right. So this movie was, like I said, released on the 19th of August in 2011. That same day, you had Conan the Barbarian, the which I completely blanked that ever. They ever redid that completely. And that was with Jason. Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah, it, okay. it was okay. He's also, uh, it was also one day was released. That's the movie with Anne Hathaway where they meet like on one day. It's a movie about one day, but not like that one day. It's one day per year or per five years or something. Like it's their lives as they go forward. There's two couples, this couple. It's, it's okay. Uh, Spy Kids All the Time in the World, which I, I, I want to forget about. The week after the 26th, you had Columbiana, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, and Our Idiot Brother. Nothing too memorable there. I like Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Eh, I guess. I don't know. You don't like that one? Well, I almost put that one on Forgotten Cinema, but I couldn't remember the name of it. But here's the thing. I've seen it, and I can't remember it, but I know I saw it, and I should tell you why. It's just one of those movies that I watched, and I was just like, okay. Oh, I really like that movie. Really? I do. I can never remember the name of it. I felt it was a little gimmicky. That's the one where, remind the, me again. That's the one by Guillermo del Toro with the uh, the little creatures in the big mansion. Katie Holmes is um, okay. I'm, not the mom. She no. just got married to the husband, and she's trying to protect the two kids. I, I, then I, I I'm blanking. I have no idea. And then I'm thinking of something else. I'm, I'm, I'll put this on. The no, that's because like you that. seen it and and I didn't. Does not mean it goes on the list. I've been wanting to put it on the list. And now uh, it's going on. The list. All right, fine. <laughs> um. The week before, so you had now remember we're into the later stages of the summer, so you're not really getting the 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 big summer fair, but you're getting movies that will attract a wider audience. And this movie, I, I was a little surprised it came out in the summer. It came out the tenth, so the Wednesday. So not the so the nineteenth was when this came when Friday night came out. The the, the weekend before that's the twelfth. This came out the tenth. That is the help with Emma Stone, and which is a big time uh, Oscar award winner, uh, and very popular. Uh, the twelfth, you had thirty minutes or less. Final Destination five, and I is that the one where they get um that's one where they get them back, Tony Todd back. What do they? What happens? Is that the one in the movie theater? I feel like we've had this conversation before about we were talking about Final yeah, what's, what's the difference between yeah. four and five is. I think that's the one with the movie theater when it blows up. Yeah, is that the one that's so the the third one's the one with the roller coaster. Yes. Fourth, so the fourth, fourth one is, is the, the one with the field trip. One. The yeah. Fourth one's with the field trip and the bridge. Yep. Okay. So then the fifth one is fifth the one's movie the theater. theater. I thought that's the same one, though. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. Final Destination 5 was big, though. Well, made money, made right. more than this. And I think that the reason why I referenced that is because I think that's probably took away some of the thunder of Friday Night because it's similar movies. Kind of like horror, you know. Friday Night. Um, also, you're basing it on something that came out in 1985. Your audience is a little older for that in terms of horror movie fans. Well, you're Fright not Night. you're not getting a lot of people from '85 wanting to see this one, right? Whereas right. Final Destination Five, right. you're going to get a lot of pretty much. You want the teen teens who want to watch people die, and then you've got the people that are like my age who grew up my age and your age watching the originals. Right, up. right. I hear you. So when Friday Night came out, it opened six on its opening weekend. Oof. Not a good sign. Yeah. Number one that week was The Help in its second week. Number two was Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which was in its third week. And number five was The Smurfs in its fourth week. So that is not a good start to your... Yeah, and uh, I know it's not good. Not and it barely beat Final Destination 5, which was in its second week by like 11,000. Barely beat it. <laughs> 
Um, and I mean, that's pretty much it for the facts. I mean, I do. It was shot in the summer of 2010, July, end of July to beginning of October in New Mexico. They shot, everything was shot in New Mexico, even though it takes place in Las Vegas. Speaking, the magic of Hollywood. <laughs> Ooh, how do you make those happen? All right. So speaking <laughs> of that, let me break down the plot real quick. Um, for those of you who have seen the original, like myself, which I have not in a while, and I know Mike rewatched it. Um, for no reason other than he wanted to rewatch it. I did the deal. Which is fine. There was no I had never seen the original. There was no I didn't rewatch There was the no deal. There was no deal that we had to watch the original. I said the deed. I didn't say the deal. <laughs> I just wanted a reference point. Okay. So Charlie Brewster lives in a, a suburb of Las Vegas and how it's set up is the suburbs are probably a collection of 50 to 60 houses that are in this like uh it looks like if you if you're looking from from the sky like a big box of houses. And then there's a one lone road and that goes to the next section of box of houses. And pretty much that's how it's set up out there just because of the desert. But what you always see in the distance is obviously the lights of Vegas. Cause everyone there probably works in Vegas or just works around Vegas. And obviously since you just told you it was shot in New Mexico, that clearly was put in after. <laughs> so he lives in this na- small neighborhood and next door comes, moves this uh, new guy named Jerry and Jerry's a little odd. He has odd hours right off the bat. You find out that Charlie's friend, Ed, believes Jerry to be a vampire. Kids are going missing. People are, people, you know, the strange things that are happening. And Charlie slowly starts to believe that, you know, this might be true because Ed disappears as well. And then honestly, then it goes from there where, where Charlie starts sneaking into Jerry's house. He start he, he finds one of his neighbors that uh, he had uh, noticed that had went over to visit Jerry, but now she's locked up. He find, he sees that Jerry feeds on her. You know, he tries to save her. That does not work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, everyone thinks he's crazy, but suddenly like his mother and his girlfriend, who is Amy, they suddenly get embroiled into this as, as Jerry starts attacking them in the house. And, and, you know, and it's just basically where David Tennant's character comes in, Peter Vincent, who in this incantation, incantation, he is a like kind of like a Chris Angel type uh, magician who does like, you know, all these like uh, magic shows based upon like vampires. But like he is someone who has studied vampirism and studied all that. And you find out later why. Um, cause it obviously affected him personally. He goes to Peter Vincent to, to try to find a way to kill this vampire. He, Vincent tells him to get lost. Charlie comes back. Vincent goes back to the house to try to fight him. Suddenly Vincent joins the fight and it's them against Jerry. To, because what ends up happening at the end is that Jerry takes Charlie's girlfriend, Amy and turns her. And so he has to, you know, he has to face off Jerry in one final battle or whatever. It's, it's real. That's actually a really, I don't want to say simple plot, but it's, Tight. It's a tight plot. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you know, I thought maybe it was a little too quick. Did you think it was too quick? I liked that it was too quick. Really? I, okay. I, I was like, do I have to wait for him to like, because now, now we're watching the second time. It's like, I don't want to wait for him to discover Jerry's a vampire. Oh, he already knows Jerry's a vampire. All right, let's get in. Well, this. I think that was a note. Uh, one of the things that I discovered was that because this is a DreamWorks movie that Spielberg had a big hand in a lot of the movie, not making it or shooting it, but just kind of giving advice and contributions. And, and the, one of the two things that they talk about in the, in the, and what he kind of offered was he had them when Ed is attacked in the beginning in the first like 16 minutes or something of the movie, when you assume that Jerry is turning Ed, but he just mm-hmm. bites him. There's a shot of the crucifix in the water going by like that. That was Spielberg, you know, said, Oh, you should have this. And they put it in there. And then also they had different because there's five different stages of Jerry's makeup, the fifth being the CGI vampire look at the end. Mm-hmm. But the fourth stage, they had something that Spielberg didn't like it. He said it didn't look effective. So they told him to go. He said, go back to the shark like teeth look. Right. So that so those are the two notes that Spielberg had for them that they used, which I guess I mean, that's fine. It works. If Spielberg gives you a note. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> well, the reason why I brought him up, too, was because when he sat down with Marty Noxon to talk about writing the script, I guess they he one of the things he liked about or when he read the script one of the things he liked the, about the script was that they didn't do what you said was do the oh my is he a vampire is he not a vampire like just kind of like got straight to it right um and i don't know if i'm not i i well i appreciate that i don't know if uh, i thought that kind of got to it too quick i i thought it was really fast because i felt like i felt like when i watched this movie i thought i was seeing second act stuff in the first act Okay. The, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can see I, that. And I'm not saying that the first act needs to be, I don't, you don't need to do the, 
oh my god he's a vampire i need to i need to find out if he i don't see his shadow or i don't see his reflection like i i don't i don't i don't mind not having that i just thought i was seeing second act um you know the whole thing where like the, the call to action where you know like ed, ed disappears and and ed disappears in the first 15 minutes of the movie and then he shows up later like it's supposed to be a surprise but it's not a surprise so if it's not a surprise why not have him throughout the movie because yeah, he, when he is when when he is trying to turn Ed, when he is trying to go to him, and he's like, "You want this?" You know, you 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 know, like, right, like yeah. you know, seducing him in his in his perverted way that he does throughout this movie. You see, you're glad you're different. Get back! How can you be in a place like this? These people, even your best friend, you're nothing to him now. You were born for this. You know, you you get the sense that that he's he wants to make him one of make him his own. Yeah. But then but then you never get any indication of that other than the fact that he just bites on his neck and that's it. We pull up and we see the crucifix and what and we're and then we don't see Ed for another. I don't know. I don't think you need 45 minutes. Yeah, you don't. I don't think you need him, though, because, you know, he's turning people, you know, Ed's going to come back. You're just going to have a scene where Ed makes what dumb jokes while he's with. He makes dumb jokes regardless. I mean, so. Now that I've watched the original, I can say that Ed gets turned into the original too, but in the original, Jerry's also got another familiar that's with him who's not a full vampire. I can't remember his name at the, off the top of my head, but this guy is in throughout the whole movie, Pepper throughout helping Jerry out, but he really does nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why is this guy in there? He really doesn't need to be. And I feel like if you put Ed in the beginning, he's just going to serve that same purpose, which is to have no purpose other than to be there for Jerry to have a sounding board. To, right. It's, it's, that's unnecessary. I like the quietness of Jerry. I like that Jerry is alone in any scene you see him until like the end. You're talking about, yeah, we're, we're, I know you, we're talking about 2011. We're talking about 2011. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm past 80. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that when like when Charlie's in his house and he's eating the apple or he's watching TV and he's, he's laughing at real housewives. Ugh, just, well, I didn't uh, understand that. I think it's just like, Hey, he does normal guy stuff when he's not eating people. I don't know. <laughs> doesn't, uh, Normal guys don't sit around watching Real Housewives That's or true. or like, you know, eat apples very seductively looking out under the moonlight. Like there's a, there's a cutaway where uh, uh, there's a there's a cutaway. I can't remember what it was, but like they're outside his house or Charlie's outside his house. I don't know what's going on, but like Jerry's in this. They just cut to him eating an apple. He's just like <sighs> he's just looking. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what what is this? What is this shot for? Like it was just a couple things like that. Just being creepy. <laughs> well, not mentioned that he mentioned that. Uh, when Farrell first read the script, when Colin Farrell first read the script, he thought that his care, he expressed a concern that his character was acting like a sexual predator. And he, he was like, you know, maybe that's something we should adjust, but they never did. But, uh, but yeah, he, he absolutely does come off like a predator. I, I, he does. And I kind of like that too. Well, I, I get, I get it for the purposes of the movie. Cause he is, he's predator. He's preying on these people to eat them. Right. I get that. And and there's probably a lot of similarities there, but like I still laugh, and I because I did it in the beginning of the thing, I hey still guy. laugh when he comes around the corner. He's like, "Hey guy, what's up? Hey, listen, I got this girl, and uh, I got some bruise. <laughs> Your mom, she's uh, she's wild. She's ready. She's primed, ready to go. <laughs> well, I think that's. I don't be, know if he's trying. He's trying do. to get. He's trying to evoke emotion. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Get him yeah. to come in the house or get yeah. out of the house. Yeah. You don't mind my saying you got a lot on your shoulders for a kid. The two of you, alone, and your girl, Amy, she's ripe. I bet there's a line of guys dying to pluck that. Your mom, too. You don't see it. Maybe you do, but she's putting it out. It's on you to look out for them. You up for that, guy? But, uh... (laughs) It just makes me laugh because it's just like, hey, guy. And he does it a bunch of times, too. Yeah, I I didn't remember him from the because I had seen this This is probably my third time seeing it. I don't remember being that creepy, Mm -hmm. but I like that. He's because right off the start, you get a weird vibe from him. Right. So it's not like he's like, oh, he's our friend. Jerry, again, you talk about the speed of it. It's like right off the bat. Even the audience is like, this is stay away from this guy. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. And speaking of going back to like the speed of the whole thing, like so he just moves in. 
and immediately Ed thinks he's a vampire. Immediately. Like he just moved into the house. Oh. Uh, because the for sale sign was on the house in the first ep- in the first scene. And you're like, oh wait, it was sold the house, new neighbor. But and, they've been complaining about him oh, okay. and his construction for uh, going uh, on for a little right. while. Okay. So. Okay. All right. The other thing was um with Ed, just one more thing with Ed. He's been videotaping him. He's been videotaping. I Jerry. think you're gonna have the same note I did. Go ahead, go ahead. Is it where his clothes? No, oh, not at all. All right, never mind. but that that's okay. That's that's another one. <laughs> so, but he 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 calls them like Jerry's files, but he never really gets to name them. Like there's like there's a gap where he doesn't get back in time to name them Jerry's files. Like to actually go physically on the computer and name them. Like I'm pretty sure he doesn't know his name. That's what I'm saying. Is that wrong? No, he knows Jerry's name. How? Because your vamp, your vampire neighbor, Jerry, that's a terrible name for a vampire. Right, but he, that doesn't mean he knows his name. That, that means that's when he knows it. That's when he learns it. He never oh, gets back. Oh, because Charlie is the first one to ever tell right. him. Right, and he never gets back to the house to name his files. Oh. So when Charlie goes to his house, it should just say vampire files. Right. Hmm. Okay. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Drop the ball on that, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess, did you like? Did you like everything about this movie? Uh, I like because it seems like you you like it. Reg- I mean, I like I said, I have some. I've, I've got some a couple of things I don't like, but I really do like this movie. I think it's really fun. Uh, I think it moves really quick. I like all the acting in it. The actors are really good. There is my main complaint about the film is the CG. Is you're talking about like the fifth stage makeup? The fifth the stage makeup at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. The blood, which, if I remember correctly, this movie was released in 2D and 3D. It was 3D because when he so, throws the cinder block through the glass, I was like, oh, that's right. This was yep. 3D. Yep. And when he chops off Ed's arm, I'm pretty sure there's like this splatter that I'm just like, Ugh. well, the blood effect when he tries to pull the neighbor out of the house. Yeah. Um, when she, which they don't ever explain why she would do that. Like he's turning her. Is that what is that what's happening? Or is he just is he just he because all he saw was him feed her feed he, on her. Yeah, I think he turned her. Yeah, because he's trying to build his tribe back up, but he didn't bury her. I don't think he got that far. I think she was absolutely bait for for Jerry. Okay. To have Charlie mess up so he can get Charlie. Yeah. Get Charlie's mom. Get Amy. I think he wanted them. Mm-hmm. I think he likes Charlie kind of in his mm-hmm. own little sick way. He just wants to build this huge tribe and he wants Charlie and his mom and Amy to be part of it. He Okay. So I think that was like uh, he didn't care about. Oh, what was her name? Who? Uh, the, the next door neighbor, the go-go dancer. Oh, I don't know. Dancer. I don't remember because uh, Darlene yeah. or something like that. Some, so yeah. when when he takes her, like she's just bait. He doesn't care about what okay. happens to her. That makes sense. I'm, that makes sense. Uh, uh, the other thing was, I know that I know that I said I would not talk about it anymore, but like one of my notes is that the E in Ed stands for exposition because he delivers a huge chunk of exposition. Yep. And, uh, and to the point where I noticed it, and I was just like, oof. Like again, someone's got to. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I'm. I. I. I know it has to be there. Sometimes when I notice it, though, that's that's probably like a red, not a red flag, but just kind of like, oh, maybe just because I, you know what? It might also be because I watch so much stuff that I'm used to it. So that might be more of a note on on me. Not, you know what I mean? Not like being right. like a regular audience member. You're also viewing it, taking notes on it and studying <laughs> while you're watching it. That's true. But that's yeah, true. he does. He is the one that really tells you it, it's kind of it goes Ed and then it bounces off to. Um, kind of uh, David Tennant's Peter Vincent kind of gets the last part of it of the exposition. How right, do you kill right. it? What tribe he is, stuff like that. That's that's kind of what he gets at the end. Well, I, which I like David Tennant in this a lot. I think he's really good. You want to get into Peter Vincent? Okay. Right, well, we're going to get into Peter Vincent. Well, I, I don't know. Like, are we breaking down characters? Like, oh, we can't. Yeah, we'll break yeah. down whatever you want. But yeah, Peter Vincent's hey, great. Hey, man, it's free for all. Do what you need to do here. <laughs> you want to know how to kill a vampire? Seriously? Yeah. Kill a vampire. Well, let's think. Um, well, you got fire, beheading. Um, you can make him a big garlicky omelet. <laughs> All goes traditional. Stake through the heart. Bam! <laughs> cool. So, so that stuff really works. Well, maybe not the omelet. He is very different from the original film. Okay. Yep. In the original film, I, he's still kind of a coward. But the original Peter Vincent knows nothing about vampires. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was always assumed vampires were fake. He was just an actor. 
And I, I like that this Peter Vincent has a past with vampires. There's a reason that he's obsessed with vampires and stuff like that. I, I thought that on that again, I haven't seen this in eight years. You only saw it when it came out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I didn't say it. probably saw it in the theater. Did I see it in the theater? I saw it. Regardless, I saw it. Hey, guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I when I was watching it, I was like, oh, it would make it would be a good plot point that this guy has something killed his parents because, you know, Peter Vincent reveals that his parent he got into all this because his parents were murdered. Right. And he was survived because he stayed quiet. So when you find out when when they go to the the basement of the house, so like this huge basement and uh, that they're they're fighting. And then he, Jerry's telling him like, oh, I, you, I remember you. You're you know, you have your, your mother's eyes. eyes yeah, yeah. Your father's name. Right. And so, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. OK, he was a vampire. But like they don't give any they don't give Vincent any time to to either rela- re- remotely connect to that moment like there's no like oh my god you're the guy like it was just kind of like i would have really liked for him to have revealed that to us at the scene when they invade his um his flat that's yes absolutely before peter even admits to any of that right just have him say hey you have i remember you have your father's name and maybe even the flashback maybe the beginning scene yeah where they kill ed's friend maybe do that as the past and have him kill i agree that would have been i think that would have would have worked well because Vincent's a big character. At, Vincent's at the end of the movie and he's not a throwaway because he survives. Uh, so he's somebody who is important to the story. You might as well include him into the, to the main plot of the story. And another thing we have to assume that Jerry has seen Peter Vincent on TV. You know what I mean? Like he has seen his show or seen like the, you know, him promoting. Oh, absolutely. I would imagine. So he already knows he would already know that he, He's the he's the he's son the of guy. Yeah. yeah, the way I can I see it because I I don't think if Jerry attacked Peter Vincent's family and now they're here, maybe Jerry's just never really left Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's or he's been following or Peter Vincent's clearly English as well. True. Maybe he's been following Peter Vincent this whole time. Oh, maybe yeah. Seeing where he ends up, seeing what leaving a survivor does, kind of just like maybe using him as like a, I, a rat or something. I, like that. There's a lot more there. That they could have used. But right. again, if you're going to have him reveal that he killed his parents and then you don't have Peter Vincent ever kind of react to that, then why bother? Why bother revealing it? Because you're just you're kind of wasting it. You're wasting a good moment, especially when you kill him at the end. If you leave him alive at the end, you give Peter Vincent reason to maybe continue or something like that. I don't right. Know, maybe. Right. No. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I, I, I but I like Tenet in this. Um, I, I do watch Doctor Who. I think we both watch Doctor Who, although I have watched more than you. I still have to watch the new season. Terrible. I mean, you're terrible. Not that it's terrible. It's not that it's not terrible. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I always liked him as the uh, as the Doctor the best. Um, I believe my wife does too, but I think she likes um and Matt Smith, right? Matt Smith's that? good. She likes his stories better. I like. I don't. I know you don't. I know I like, you. That's I like the Russell T. Davies era, Doctor Who, Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant. Those are my doctors. Nobody, you're the only person I know that likes Eccleston. Eccleston's great. I'm, I'm not, not saying that's fine. I'm not saying he's not great, but you're the only person that likes him more than the others. I think I like David Tennant more, but I really like Christopher Eccleston. He was the reason I started. I kept watching the show. Well, it was the first season. He was only in one season. And he's really freaking okay, good. That's, oh, you know what? This is not a Doctor Who cast. <laughs> Save it for Forgotten Who. <laughs> That's 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 not going to be a spinoff. <laughs> that's like that's like geek level spinoff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I've always I always talk about how there everyone has a um, what does it say geek geek limit or a, a level of geekdom that they get to that is beyond mine. <laughs> I mean, you're far. You're probably farther than me in terms of like what you're into geek nerd wise. Oh, absolutely. And these words I'm using are all in a nice way. I'm not being mean. <laughs> my wife said my wife's a nerd. Uh, <laughs> And I'm pretty sure most of my kids are, too. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I thought was gross about Peter Vincent is his need to drink Midori straight. Yeah, I didn't get that. And I when I was reading stuff, I didn't find anything about it. Like why they chose that? Yeah. Maybe just he just like, I love Midori. (laughs) Maybe it's just the weirdest, grossest thing. Maybe Midori paid for a uh, product placement. It's a mixer. It's it's a liquor (laughs) that you're supposed to mix the drinks in. It's so sweet and so gross to drink. It's well, a watermelon what, based. That's what Vegas magicians do, Ooh. Butler. <laughs> the only thing I, I thought that I wrote a note about it, maybe because it's green and the movie is kind of shades of, of dark blues and dark greens to kind of complement the blacks. Maybe. Um, I know that they I know that the set design, I know that props department put a lot of stuff in his apartment 
to re- reflect Doctor Who. They did a lot of stuff for for the for the show, but like, but you can't see it. Like it's only for him. Like like so. I did read those Gallifrey in writing. Yes, that's yeah. what they, like stuff like that. But like it's only basically for Tenet to go. Oh, yeah, look at that! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which probably should tell you how popular it was back then, because I mean that's a big get. Because he just came off of it, right? I think that was right at the end of of he was either had filmed his regeneration and people are going to watch him regenerate soon or he had just yeah um regenerated we're back to doctor who <laughs> <laughs> well how about this since you watched the original and i asked you you didn't know this but you i know now, now, now if i had watched it, i've been like oh man yeah, chris sarandon who plays jerry in the original actually has a cameo in this he's the guy that hits the car and um gets eaten sorry spoiler what the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, no! Stay in the car! You stop in the middle of the road. You got a tail light out. I can't wait! But speaking of that car accident, while I enjoy them inside the car, like the shots inside the car, like the one shot. It when looks terrible. Yeah. yeah like, I know it's on a CG set. is yeah. just not good. I mean, maybe that's... Maybe that's just because it's 2011 and it's not as improved as it is now. I was just the whole time I was watching it with um, I watched it with my fiance and I, told, I was telling her, I was like, why do this CG that the, the car chase itself? Like, yeah, I mean, him lifting the car up with his back and his hand coming through. It's oh, that was practical. It's yeah, like, that's why, great. It's not a complicated car chase. Why couldn't that have been done on a back road somewhere? Well, they wanted I think, well, you also have the one shot. So you have the shot inside the car that constantly moves. That's fine. But then I'll bring you back to they did it in Sugarland Express in 1970. uh, I will tell you Spielberg. (laughs) No, but I know they they also do it in like we talked about War of the Worlds when they're driving the minivan. Yeah, yeah, they do it. They that's done digitally, but that's done well. But that's also a couple. No, that's 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 way way before. before. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because it was at night. Because there's definitely like a sh- a white sheen. It looks like a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe because they only had. What did I say? What was it? Thirty million dollar budget. Uh, yeah. Is that so what practical. I said? I don't even know my own facts. Yes, thirty million dollars. Well, they probably didn't have a lot of money. War of the Worlds probably had like you know a budget was probably like two hundred million. I get that. I just don't don't do the wraparound with the car. Then you don't need that shot. Well, that's, you get the shot where well, his hands the coming once, out the car. Listen, once you want something, some some people can't let it go. Like, that's listen, true. I, I when I come up with a shot I want to do I try to do it as much as possible if it doesn't work it doesn't work and then I have to but some people just I don't I mean it, it maybe was a question of just because you can do it should you do it because it's going to look like this yeah and I don't know but it, but it really took throughout. me out of it but that, that took me out and then the end when when as long as we're on the topic of CG the whole his overblown death yeah the whole his whole makeup and like it was CG and then he blows up and it's digital blood and, and there's clearly a switch to real blood and you see it, and it, it yeah, it, it kind of just like eh. the CG blood is way too shiny and way too bright. Yeah, I don't know. I it wasn't because I enjoy. I do like this movie. I like that. I like the dialogue. I like the fact that they're not dumb. I like the fact that the the mother and daughter and girlfriend are not like it doesn't take them a long time to figure out what's going on. Not clearly because he right. blows up the gas line in the house, but like, but you know they're not. You know, like when she when he tells her, don't open the door and he's like, your son's making threats and nine times out of ten in a movie that I'm watching, she opens that door. Right. You know what I mean? Just because the plot dictates you have to open the door to let him in. But no, in this one, they're, she's like, she believes her son. Your son is harassing me. Charlie, what is going on? It's in me. Whatever he says, he's going to try to say. Jane, he broke into my house. Is that true? Look, I'd rather not take this to the authorities, but I will. I have no choice. He's sick. He's deluded. Go get the authorities. So I, I I like that. That's that's a small moment, but it's like, how many times do you see the the mother go like, oh, knock it off? Right. They have a good relationship, the mother and son. Yeah. And I think the the dialogue is kind of it's true to life, kind of mm-hmm. in the way that happens. And then like, I think all this that we're ta- you're talking about with like not choosing to open the door and stuff like that. That's accredited uh, Marty Knoxon, who I believe Rob so. Buffy doesn't uh, like plays with conventions and, and doesn't gives you something that you wouldn't see in other shows. Like doesn't just do the obvious. Mm-hmm. Like Buffy and Angel. The only thing that Buffy and Angel suffer from is that they're dated in terms of like, you know, when the time period they are, because a lot of, you know, they, they're I think very they, 90s. They were at the cup. They were, they were also at the cusp of standard def and HD. 
So there's episodes in the beginning where it's all SD and you're boxed and then you go HD and that's fine. And that's nothing that they can fight against. But what's good at what was always good about those shows was the writing was was the dialogue was the, the play on conventions. You know, even even Angel's first season, which I always say is not great. You know, no, it got better. Angel, Angel needed time to get better. Yeah, Angel needed to understand that the ensemble was what it what was worked best. It worked best in Buffy and it was what worked best in Angel. Yep. So, yeah, I think the writing is what is is was strong there. And I think it's strong here. I just had there's just a lot of for me, there's a lot of like little nitpicky notes that I have. And and that's just kind of just just viewing notes. It's not really an overall like maybe because it's not strong. I don't know why I, I would guess for several reasons why people didn't watch this movie was um, it was too far gone from the original. And you're talking. Less like 25 years, 26 years, mm-hmm. right? You know, it Fright Night 85 Fright Night was was a popular movie, but it's not an iconic popular movie. Like, you know what I mean? It's not it may be the first it's not the first five horror movies you talk about from the 80s. It's may, maybe not the first 10 first 15, 20. I'll tell you this. It is dated and it is. Of not. course. Watching it, watching it, not having really like been like, oh, you know, Fright Night. It's so I can't like Peter Vincent is very good. In the original. And some of the effects are really cool. Like when they kill Jerry in the original, it's also overblown and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool. It's practical effects. It kind of reminded me of Stripe getting killed in the end of Gremlins. Spoiler right. alert. Oh, <laughs> like some of that stuff was really cool. And Amy gets the shark face at the end, which is probably they probably that's obviously a big inspiration for this, mm-hmm. which I, I, I want to get into. But oh, get into it, Butler. <laughs> but right now I'm talking about the like the 85 one is not super memorable when you look at it from someone who wasn't didn't watch it back then it's not the greatest no which is why they i think the story here to a lot i think the story is intriguing the idea that the vampire guy moved next door you know like that's intriguing but yeah so that's probably why this didn't translate you're also releasing it in august when again and this is what is this everyone we've done so far for our forgotten horror release it in october and i think the same thing for stir of echoes yeah Scary movies need to be when people want mm-hmm. scary stories. Not we haven't done this in a while, but we're going to reference our day, our day job. When we have a when we have a horror movie that's out at the movie theater, the busiest night is Friday, Friday night, opening night, busiest night. night. Yep. No, no, not date night. Sunday, no. Saturday's date. Yeah. Night. But Friday, but Friday, that's when that's when you know the horror movie horror movies do well, and then on Saturday they don't do so well, and it doesn't matter. I mean, like a movie because horror movies are not. They're not universal. Like not everybody wants to see a horror movie. You have a certain group of hardcore horror fans that want to see it. And then you and then when a horror movie kind of breaches over into the mainstream, a movie like Scream, a movie that can appeal to the masses because Scream is something that was horror movie, but it's also playing on the conventions and it's also, you know, it's got it's right. It's got some laughs in there. So you'll have people that don't typically like horror movies, but oh, it's not all horror. It's comedy. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Those movies translate well. Same as like Stir of Echoes and Sixth Sense. Right. Where it's like it's a mystery or it's a it's, it, a, it's got right. more than you it's got want. multiple genres. It's not just uh, a horror movie. So this one, I think this one that we're watching, the, the Fright Night 2011, I think is a straight up, although it's got funny elements. I think it, in terms of maybe how it was marketed, a horror movie. Yeah. You got to remember, like middle of August, that's when people start thinking about going back to school. So, right. You know what it's I mean? not. Yeah, it's you, not. It kind of got dumped and it, it's it's too bad because it really is a good movie. And I know they wanted to do sequels. Uh, they wanted to do a Peter oh, Vincent. Oh, they did one. <laughs> well, it's kind of a terrible remake. But yeah, <laughs> they wanted to do a Peter Vincent sequel that would have David Tennant's character again and and deal with a different issue. And they didn't end up going with it. They wrote it. They were going to play it. They weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. So it was like two years in development hell and they just kind of scrapped it. I'm going to suggest this. Okay, this is what I'm going to suggest. Okay. Do a trilogy. And the first episode of the trilogy is the Peter Vincent story. Do that. Do young Peter Vincent. You know, what happens to him, all that stuff. The second movie, do Fright Night. Older Peter Vincent helping this kid. And then the third movie, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to go from there. Like, they don't, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. But, like, split it up. Do Because I think the Peter Vincent origin story is a, very interesting, especially the one they set up in this one, mm-hmm. I think is very interesting. So do that. Then do this again. Then do whatever you want after that. Right. I think, although I, while I like David Tennant's Peter Vincent a lot, I think he would have worked better as an actor killing vampires in movies. I think that would have given him a better motivation, uh, which he kind of does in his magic show. He's fighting vampires, but I like that, you know, he, he 
ended up putting it all on his mind, saying, oh, it's made up, it's made up, it's made up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, killing vampires every week on a TV show or movies would kind of be a catharsis for him. To, like, be able to defend his, like, fake family sure, or whatever. Sure, sure. So pretending to be the hero that he wasn't. Yeah. So you're saying go back to not being the magician, but go back to right. being the Keep TV. Keep Peter Vincent's yeah. personality, his characterizations, right. everything they did with that, but go back to him being a, a vampire hunter on a TV show. Sure. Make him this Buffy-like character. Yeah. Do you think that Tennant would have been a good Jerry? Absolutely. Yeah. Because he's, uh, as Kilgrave, he's very oh, creepy right, and smart right, as well, right. so I think he uh, well, Kilgrave, have, of course, is from Jessica Jones. There you go. A reference for what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's act like we're professionals, Butler. Or he's got that kind of power of seduction as well. Kilgrave's character on Jessica Jones has the power to control people to whatever he says wants them to do. They do. Right. Um, and that's that's very in line with kind of Jerry's seduct- seduction and his hey, hey kind guy. of hypnotis- hypnotism. Hey, guy. You got some brewskis here. I'll make me a six or I'll pay you back. Uh, double, the, double the fun. Your, your mom is prime. Ready to be ready plugged. To I don't even know if that's what he said. <laughs> Puce. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking for. I love that. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man, you play? Always looking for a pickup game. Nobody says that. I think he's using that as an excuse where he's checking Amy out and then he sees the glove. So it's like, no, no, I'm not looking at your girl. I'm looking at you. (laughs) But I'm really looking at your girl. You play ball. I'm always looking for a pickup game. Yeah, no, I I do. Definitely. (laughs) I do. It's more of a collector thing than shoes. He's obsessed. I mean, they they sleep on sidewalks to get them. (laughs) I play, though. Well, it takes a real man to wear... uh, Excuse. I like him. So I'd invite you guys inside, but it's a it's a mess. Always looking for a pickup game. I'm, I'm going to try that. Hey, guys, what's going on? Always looking for a pickup game. Get out of here, creep. Oh, OK, sorry. <laughs> uh, the original also has a subplot where Amy, the reason he really wants Amy is because Amy looks like um, a woman he used to be with either before he turned into a vampire or back in the day, early vampire days. Yeah, but We're not talking about that one. But I think that's I think that's a good reason for jerry did not just want to straight up kill charlie and his family but to bring them into him because it's almost like he's he's getting her back right um which i kind of liked in the uh the original and they did not bring over to this one but would it gives jerry a little bit more motivation to for why charlie and his family uh, they don't ever say he just moves next door he just kind of likes him yeah. for no reason they hey, don't really up? get into it i'm gonna eat these people never yeah. never mind the fact that i mean i do like the fact that he just doesn't care like it, it's clear Jerry I'm talking about right really doesn't care that if you know if you find out he's a vampire he's gonna get you like where where you watched the movie like when we did it near dark at the beginning of this forgotten horror month yeah that's right I brought it back to that um, <laughs> you know they're like desperate to make sure that they stay hidden because they don't want to get hunted like they're they're in terms of that universe they're fearful of getting found out because they fear that they'll be killed right like we're in this one Jerry almost acts invincible and he's really not. I feel like he's like the survivor. He's he doesn't have his tribe. He's the last one left. And he's been around for so long that he's he thinks he can get away with anything. Right. But begs the question, if he's building a, a, a tribe, where has he been since he came here? Like, where has he been since he moved in? Like, has he done this somewhere else? And this tribe got killed. So he's like, ah, crap, I'll try it again in Vegas. Probably. Maybe he wasn't the head guy. Now he's trying to be the head guy. Maybe he left his tribe or his tribe all died. Right. But clearly that tribe's been around. I mean, they're a Mediterranean-based tribe, so he's not one of the originals. True. He's clearly a white dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all pale. I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, they There was a thing in the in the notes where, or in my notes, that uh, Farrell asked for, requested a monologue in Latin, and he like practiced it, he did it, and then I never made it. They never put it in there. Oh, it's not he, even a deleted he, scene no, of the Blu-ray. He, he wanted to speak, like he wanted to do this whole thing in Latin, and yeah. They just said, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. And they didn't do it. So. <laughs> do you know where Peter Vincent's names come from? I do not. That's. I think this is from the original, not from this one, but uh, it's supposed to be a combination of Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know Vincent Price right. was in, the inspiration for um, Peter yeah. Vincent. So, but I assume that that's from the 85 version because he's named Peter Vincent in the, in the original. Well, in the original so, version, yeah. he says that that's not his real name. He goes, I'm not a real vampire hunter. Peter Vincent isn't even my real name. <laughs> Again, we're not talking about this. I know I keep bringing it up, but we're not talking about <laughs> Well, then let's talk the sharks. Okay. Because I really want to talk about the All shark right, reference. Well, let's talk about sharks. I didn't really notice in the last one. But I mean, it, it begins where Ed says, you know, he's not a cool guy. He's not fine. He's the fucking shark from Jaws. 
And then from then on, it's like, that's what I was watching for, which I didn't watch for the first time. His eyes go black when he attacks like a shark. Obviously, he's got the shark like mouth. Um, As I'm watching the whole thing, he's he's all about the prey. He doesn't stop moving. He's always on the move trying to get Charlie Uh, and and the movie always moves. Which then you bring up that Spielberg had a hand in this, which well is cool. And I want to cut you off. Jaws. I want to cut you off. But yeah. that was um, that was not his note, but that was Marty Noxon saying that she wrote it. She talks about Jaws about how when you find out that you find out that about Jaws, mm-hmm. that's when the movie starts. Like that's when it, it doesn't it doesn't go back to like oh my god, what is it? Like once you know, it goes. It and I think yeah. that's. But that wasn't from Spielberg. That was from the writer. But that's fine. Yeah. Continue. Which could have been inspired by the face at the end of the original. Amy's really creepy vampire face at the end of the original. Mm-hmm. They probably saw that one. That's like a shark. Face. Ooh, I like that. The vampire akin well, to a shark. Well, he's a predator. Sharks are predators. It's yeah. just an interesting way to look at vampires, which, you know, kind of like how Near Dark looked at vampires like a roaming band of Western outlaws. Yep. This now looks at vampires like sharks. It's when you play with conventions and you do something a little different that movies become more interesting. When you don't just go. This is the normal vampire trope. This is what we're going to do. Well, also remember, this is also could be a response to Twilight because those vampires are completely, you know, made up. But, right. uh, you know, not, not, but you know what I mean? Like those vampires were all just, oh, we glisten in the sun. Oh, I'm, I'm hideous. God, I hate that line. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I think this came out kind of like to bring back like from that like, you right. know, like wait a minute that's not what vampires are let's do it the way they are and like that that's probably why you have a lot of the stuff you have in this one being able to smell the blood and all the scenes where he's sniffing there he goes <sighs> <laughs> and he can track them the shark faces and and the coloring which is something i also didn't notice like anytime it's it's nighttime it plays with it, it plays with the the color like all the, the blacks and stuff like that in the movie you get obviously nighttime that's black in the night and then you get dark greens and dark blues it's almost like you're especially in the basement you're underwater that kind of like murky water kind of feel to it which works with the shark motif that they're going for right and like, he's almost bluish when he turns into a shark he's got the blue veins coming up yep yep okay yep. i just i just really enjoyed the shark motif to the vampire like it was a different way to look at it that's fine that works i like that i mean that's not i've off the top of my head i can't uh think of it in any other kind of vampire movie that we watched Right, in yeah. general that I've ever seen in my entire life. So no, that that's that's and stuff like that makes you appreciate the movie. I think because uh, if if I were to say like I don't want to do this, but like <laughs> if I don't, if I were to say like give me a letter grade of this movie, and like you said A, okay, I'm saying like B plus B. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like okay. I enjoy it. I just don't enjoy it as much as you do because there I, I do like I, and partly because the CGI. And like I said, just in terms of the writing, in term, and just in terms of plot and and story development, and I felt like second act blended into the first, like there was no first. And if Miss Noxton sat me down and be like, "No, this is what I did, and this is how I did it, and this is why I did it," I'd be like, "Okay, I take it back." You know, like that, like yeah, it's like right. that because I just I'm going in, I'm going into this with very little information on how everything was put together. Right. So I'm just talking about, and again, this is off of one viewing nine years or eight years after the last viewing. And it's just kind of like what I felt. If I, if I watched it again and broke it down some more, maybe that would change. But I just kind of, like I said, I just kind of felt like second act stuff was, was blending with the first and there was no first. And that's fine. That's just how I felt. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can look past the bad CG, although I, I really, really hate it. Anytime there was CG, I kind of like rolled my eyes. And went, <sighs> well, I mean, like, I don't want to, I, I hate blaming a movie for bad CG because Again. Well, that's why I'm not gonna. That's why I'm not gonna. Well, I'm, but but it, it but it pulls you out. But it, yeah. it, it it affects your viewing. It, it affects your viewing pleasure, your viewing experience, and that's that's got to be a, a negative. That's right. like bad sound. It's like you can like bad sound when you watch a, a, a short. You watch two independent films, and you know one the quality in the picture is kind of okay. Yeah, but the story is awesome. You're gonna be okay with that movie. But then you have over here same type of story, but the audio sucks. You're not going to like that movie as much because that that bad sound really messes up your movie. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't trying to reference something you did. Uh, For those who don't know, I did a short um, horror film where the sound just ended up being the worst. I filmed at a bar. And although I tried to turn the refrigerators down as much as I could, it picked everything up and it just sounded up kind of costing me, though. You got to turn that great. You got to turn all that stuff off. It's got to be quiet as heck. Is bad. You said it. <laughs> well, what what kind of mic were you using? 
Uh, shotgun mic. Yeah. What are you going to do? Get better mics next time. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see it bringing the, going back to the CG, I would bring it down. That's why I would maybe make mine like an A minus. Like I, would, I, I wouldn't bring I it down like a grade. letter grade. I, yeah, I don't want to do the letter grade thing. But exactly. Yeah, but that was just I, I, that's the only best. That's the best way I could try to describe where we are on this movie. So yeah, I mean, I really like it. I like the quickness of the pacing. I like that as soon as you're done with one thing, it switches it up kind of. Right. It Go goes ahead. from like oh the typical like oh is he a vampire? Isn't he kind of teenage drama kind of thing to outrunning the vampire? It's a chase scene to now it's a vampire hunting scene. Mm-hmm. So it gives you kind of three not like full genres, but it really does change up the movie and keep you watching, keep you active with the film. Right. And I mean, 106 minutes is good. Oh, yeah, it's it tight. Yeah. And it's a good, this is a good movie night movie. This is a good movie. Like, hey, we're going to watch tonight. It's Halloween. Let's watch Fright Night. It's a, it's a good, if you're looking for a movie that you you forgot about, <laughs> this podcast, hey, hey um, you know, that I think this is a good movie to pop in. And it's probably readily available. Not like a lot of the other ones we, we've done. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy to watch. It's easy to find. Colin Farrell's really good in it. He's really good at playing the creepy vampire. Uh, Colin it, Farrell's a, a a a really good actor that yes, I he's think very he's overlooked. Yes, uh, which is surprising, but yes, no, he's uh he's very good. And Anton Yelchin is actually really really good in this film. Yep. You really you believe in Charlie. You want to root for Charlie. Everyone's good. You think his emotions are real. Everybody's Except Dave great. Franco. Dave Franco. This is like one of his first films. Though, yeah, I, feel. Like, I don't mean like him per, in person. I don't mean like his acting. I just meant like his role. Like the roles of the friends are just kind of thrown away. Like they're outside his house for no reason other than Jerry to eat them. That's one of my notes that I have. So I have the Blu-ray, which unfortunately the the special features don't teach you a lot about how or why they made any choices in the film. But there is a deleted scene where Dave Franco's character Mike is um. It's right after Ed dies and he's making fun of Ed. He's mm-hmm. making fun of Ed's notes while um, Charlie's reading his notes outside on like must be lunch break or whatever. And they're making fun of him and calling him a dweeb and a nerd. And so Charlie gets really upset and punches Mike in the face. And so Mike starts making fun of him, calling him a spaz and then like kind of like kick him out. and like Get out of here. Get out of here. So that's when Char- Charlie goes back to his house and gets all crazy. Mike's waiting in his car with the other guy and they're going to beat him up like they were beating up Ed. They were they were back to, all right, hey, Charlie, I'm going to kick his ass when he gets out of this house. Yeah, I mean, I like the turn that that how uh, he used to be a geek and he's not like he, you know, like he, he's trying to be the cool, guy. He's now, yeah. a cool guy. But then you because he has that conversation with Amy in the in the hospital room where she's like, I like you because you're not uh, one of like them. Those, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was cool. That, that's like a nice story element that you that you. You know, that's fine. That works. Well, they were able to add a theme to the film that wasn't there in the original. Of, right. Of the theme of growing up, whereas the original didn't really have a theme. Right. Right. So but when you pull out, when you pull that out and you just have these guys in front of the house, what is he doing? They're there to get eaten. Exactly. And that's it, what it comes off. As. That's why that deleted scene should have. Yeah. I mean, it was a quick enough scene that that would give a reason, because when I first watched it before the lead scene, I was like, why are they there? Yeah. All right. And there's a, there's like little things like that in this movie. Not I know that we're wrapping up, but like, yeah. real, like real quick, like, um. How does Amy know how to use a gun? Like she just knows how to use a gun. Okay, fine. She knows how to load it. When they're at Peter Vincent's and they're fighting, and oh, she's she she, yeah. How does she know that's holy water? She, like how does she know that that's gonna? Oh well, that's clearly if it's in the, uh, the case. I mean, you gotta make some assumptions. How Come do you on. know? How do you know? How that's do you know? How do you know? Gun. I'm just saying. How do you know? <laughs> uh, and loading a, a six shooter is pretty simple. Oh, okay. The, the front of the bullets go in the. Uh, okay. In the thing. All right, pal. All right. So next time we're in a problem, we have a problem situation. We're being chased by vampires, and you find a six shooter. I'm gonna sit there and be like, "Pretty easy, bro. Let's go. Load it up. Let's go. I'm just getting eaten here, man. No big deal." Um, when they go into the basement, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. When they when they first go in, uh, when Vincent and Charlie are gonna go down into the basement, they go through the second level of the floor, right? They go through that doorway. Yes. And they go down. That's a big drop. Uh, how did they get down there? Because they're just dangling. They cut to them. Let's go. And he goes down. Next thing you know, they're dangling in the basement. That's a, that's a drop. Yeah. Okay. So we're okay with that. Don't they slide? Don't they drop and slide? Mm, they drop. He just, they don't show that. Or at least maybe I maybe I fell asleep. I don't know. I did watch <laughs> this in one sitting. So that's not. Yeah. Nice. It's a quick movie. Huh? <laughs> but like I said, there's like little things like that. Like he has the how to pick a lock. On his website app. Oh, I I had that note too. And it's then like, really? and then he, that easy? and then it doesn't work. And then like it's like so why bother? Just it worked the first time. He broke into the front door with it. No, he didn't. He no no no. He didn't. He smashed it. No, I'm sorry. He found the hide a key. He went and he went he went to the rocks and started lifting up the rocks. And then he found the hide a key. Oh really? Yeah. So like again, oh, yeah, I how do you, again? Why does a vampire need a hide a key? <laughs> He's just a normal dude. So he does. So it's like. 
I just I don't understand. Maybe that maybe that's a, a a deleted note in the writing, but like just there's just like little things like that. I'm just like, eh. It's like little stuff like that. But I guess that's being that's being a jerk. I shouldn't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but like one last thing. Okay. They get into the accident on the highway. They get into the dead guy's car, right? Chris Sarandon, oh, we talked yep. about yeah. And then he's driving around on that car for the and rest no of the day. No one stops him at all. Like like that, like that's a pretty horrific accident that happened on the highway. Cops aren't looking for that car. Cops aren't looking for that car. There's clearly going to be blood on that car. Yeah. The car is clearly not street safe anymore. It's dragging, half of it's dragging across the ground and he's driving through Las Vegas with it. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, okay. Like we're a little okay with that. Like it's okay. But I also thought they conveniently get rid of the mom at the end. Well, there's really, her yeah. pass out in the hospital. Well, it's like, not about her. Yeah, it's about let's... him and yeah. Just putting her in some kind of weird faint coma. Yeah. It's just kind of, and then she they they show her at the end, uh, like, so at the end of the movie he makes the phone call because he's apparently about to have sex with his girlfriend for the first time, uh, and um, they show they cut back to her and I'm like, why are we coming back there? But then I'm like, oh, that's just to show everyone that hey, she's fine, guys. Yeah, and she she's all up. right. Yeah, house is for sale. <laughs> they should have they should have had like a werewolf move in or something. They do hint at werewolves. Oh, uh, when? Oh, uh, the when silver bullets. The silver yeah, bullets. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I do like that the movie doesn't have a scare at the end. It doesn't have a reversal or yeah, anything. Yeah, I appreciate that because I'm I. Well, sometimes I like that in horror movies. It's it's a, it's such an old trope now that it's just like you're waiting for it. Yeah, and it's like all right, like in this one, it's like you'd wait for Amy to have like yellow eyes or something, or like be kissing him and be like, <gasps> right. It keep the story just to that. Like don't don't hint at anything else or they. You no, know, I yeah. hear you. That, that that I think that's. That's rampant now because everybody has to be a world builder and stuff like that. So you, yeah. know, you have to like, oh, what? but like, there's no reason why you just can't expand from that story. Like we just talked about, yeah. like maybe like 20 minutes ago about the Peter Vincent character and all that stuff. So yeah, you don't need to have that. You don't need to have a tag in order to get people to watch. They'll, they'll watch it. Just do a solid story and they'll be like, I want more. They, yeah. don't, they don't, you don't need to give them that. I hear you. Agreed. So yeah, so go watch that. You should. I mean, like I said, a very it's good definitely film. good. It's a it's a good movie night movie. I think that's what, that's the best thing. It's a good movie to pop in and watch uh, for a movie night. It's also like you talk about, like if you're doing a double feature, it's a good second. Oh yeah. Movie it's oh, so absolutely. Fast. Absolutely, I agree. I mean, honestly, you should watch the original too, just to watch the original. But I like the I well I, the original wasn't great. I do like that I have watched the original now that I Aww. so I can compare stuff. Good job. <laughs> Makes me so proud. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that's it. I guess we're done. Woo! Yay! That Forgotten been, Horror is done. Horror. Oh, Mike's sad. Until next year. I am kind of sad. Are we going to do it next year, too? Forgotten Horror doesn't go away. Oh, I mean, I don't we'll know. It, it depends on how wildly popular or unpopular it is. <laughs> I mean, we might, might have to do something else. Let's see emails. I hated that you did Forgotten Horror. It was the worst of your First series of all, by far. The guy that you're referencing <laughs> is not listening to our podcast. I already know what you're doing. <laughs> and he should. You should, my friend. <laughs> All right, so I guess real quick, um, I, I always blank on, on anything to plug. Just go to my website, Michael D. Field. I'm actually in the process of redoing it, but you're not going to see that. But um, I'm in the process of just kind of like redesigning it. So hopefully will, eventually. Oh, maybe. not see it? Oh, this maybe so far ahead. at this point. I don't know, because I keep doing it and then I keep changing my mind about what I want to do. So I keep switching it. So like we are now technically in September, but you are listening to this in October. So maybe by that time I have switched it up. But if not... I believe they're listening to this on Halloween if they're listening to Ooh, the release date. Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, be safe. Don't drive too fast out there. Kids are trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, don't be don't be giving out Necco wafers. Give out the good stuff. Although I do like Necco wafers. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just if you want to check out anything that I've done or anything that I've written, there's like excerpts of scripts and stuff like that. Uh, you just go to michaeldfield.com. And as always, you know, you can always check out the two books that I've written. It's part of the Adam Parker mystery series. Uh, they are available on Amazon.com. I think if you just search Adam Parker, it might pop up. But the Adam Parker and the Radioactive Scout and Adam Parker and the High School Bully. So, uh, yeah, well, that's it. That's me. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I'm Mike Butler. I have got two other podcasts that I do. I've got Crackle and Open with Mike and Elise that I do with my fiance, Elise, where we crack open a different craft beer every week. We talk about the style of beer, the history of that beer the history of the brewery. And uh, we sometimes talk about the bottle art and the packaging because that's very important nowadays to get your brand across. And while we're sipping on that beer, we talk about the latest pop culture news reviews. It is a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. I've also got two player bros that I do with my brother, Alex, where we talk about all things video game related. 
Xbox, PlayStation, VR, PC, uh, Nintendo. Just Nintendo. So we talk about all those things. Um, but again, those two podcasts are available everywhere podcasts can be found as, as well as Forgotten Cinema. Yeah, that's us. And join us next week. Well, while Forgotten Horror may be over, we are still continuing on. I think next week's our season three oh, premiere. We are doing... Yes, it is. Yes. We are doing uh, two things. We're doing the Coen Brothers uh, movie, Burn After Reading, but we are also going to be joined by Andrew Morgan, who we have talked about on this podcast before. He has his own podcast, The Nomcast. This will be our first guest for Forgotten Cinema. So, uh, We'll try to be nice and not and not yell too much at him <laughs> and stuff like that. But uh, we're looking forward to that. That's next week. That's uh, Burn After Reading. So uh, go find it and watch it so you know what we're talking about. All right. And uh, as always, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Keep it spooky. Oh, I forgot that you were going <laughs> to. It's my last one. <sighs> it's freaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guy. Hey guy, what's up? Pews, huh? Pews. I love Pew shoes. Hey, hey, is there a pickup game we can get to? Yeah, I'm always looking for a pickup game. Nobody, nobody ever, ever says that. I never I've never said that. You got a six or a bar off. Yeah. I'll give you back. Get I'll you, get back. you back twofold. Mom's super ripe. Yeah, she's, no, she's just ripe. I'm not creepy. Shut Maybe up. Maybe you noticed it. Maybe you don't. All right, I am. Let me just eat you. <laughs>